If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. And in this episode, I am so excited. It's amazing what uh, or curious what makes me excited. But I have a theme song. I had a theme song recorded, a song parody. Uh, it's interesting that when I first started, there was no podcast and now... I think there's like 250,000 podcasts and all the celebrities have podcasts now. I mean, it's amazing that anybody listens to my show at all anymore, considering people like, oh, Adam Carolla and Mark Marin, And even, <laughs> it's like, I, I certainly can't compete. Alec freaking Baldwin has a podcast. <laughs> I mean, everyone has a podcast. But now I listen to a lot of podcasts and... And I listen to the radio and, you know, they have theme songs and they have um, musical intros to different segments. And I never thought I could afford to do anything like that. Or I don't know, I I sort of don't think of myself as a real show. (laughs) But I was listening to some podcasts and um, I think it was probably on Adam Carolla and they had a song parody and they said it was, oh, that's from Rich Banks. And, you know, in this day and age, I just Googled Rich Banks emailed him, asked him if, you know, he'd record a song for me. And now I have a theme song, a song parody. It's so funny because it makes me feel like now it's actually a real show, like a radio show or a real podcast. So here it is. I'm so excited. My new theme song. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a pop. Queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I never seen a better stool. and the Jets. Traveling, there's no doubt. 
pilot who didn't want to get on the microphone told me this story about a long time ago on the 727. And on the 727, there's a captain, a first officer, and an engineer. And he said they were having sort of a heated discussion about something. And the captain turned to the engineer and was like, hey, I I can prove this. I've got an article about this thing in my suitcase. You go turn around there and uh, get in my suitcase. And, and there's a magazine pretty close to the top. And the um, 727 there was like a cage with straps so he turns around he's like unstrapping the cage to get to this captain's suitcase he opens the suitcase and he kind of pauses because there's a bunch of light bulbs in there light bulbs so he's thinking well that's weird but you know he's the engineer low man in a totem pole he doesn't say anything he just scoots the light bulbs around, finds the magazine. The captain proves his point. He was right about whatever they were arguing about. But they're on a three-day trip, and like two days later, he says, you know, I'm sorry, but it's been bothering me. I have to know. I don't understand. Why in the world do you have light bulbs in your suitcase? And the captain goes, oh, well, light bulbs are expensive. And, you know, you just can't take the light bulbs from the hotels because they noticed they were missing, so they know you took them. But if you bring used ones, you know, spent ones from home and replace them. This way you can take the good light bulbs and they just think it burn out. And the engineer is thinking, what? <laughs> you know, there's always been this um, rumor, stereotype that pilots are cheap. And I don't find pilots to be cheap, except for this crazy light bulb thief captain. l brand new hire. I mean, my uniform looks like it's just still fresh out of the box. And I'm, um, I'm going to say, I'm going to, this is back when we had to travel uniform. And I'm in my uniform up in the cockpit. And I'm uh, non-revving over to Europe. I'm still on probation. And this is back in the days, you know, where sometimes the door is open most of the time, at least right till takeoff. And we're getting ready to take off. And the flight attendant brings up the super, super nervous passenger from first class. And for foreshadowing events, uh, we're on an L-10, and the airplane that's uh, two airplanes ahead of us is on an L-10 getting ready to take off. It's also getting dark out. It's the uh, wintertime uh, launches to Europe, so it's just starting to get dark. And I'm talking, her, I'm talking her down from the ledge, telling her about how you know our pilots have all this experience. They're all military trained. We have the best mechanics in the business. How every time I get on it, there's not even a light bulb burnt out. How statistically flying is safer than walking across the street. You are in the best hands, in the best place. I can guarantee your personal safety. Nothing could possibly go wrong. And the old grizzled captain looks over at me over his shoulder because I'm on the jumps, and he says. Nice job, kid. You know, he turns back and they get back to running their checklist, getting ready to go. So the very grateful flight attendant takes this soothed passenger, puts her back on to sit on the right side of our airplane. We have an airplane here, an airplane here, and then the, another L-10 is getting ready to throttle up and launch to Europe. As he does, the right engine explodes into flames, turning night into day. 
He taxis off, takes the first taxiway, a little fuel streaming out. We taxi right behind him, and before they can close the runway, we throttle up and launch. And all I can hear through that very that thin woman? cockpit door is this injured animal scream. <laughs> this guttural, just unworldly, pure terror, just like a wounded, cornered, gutted animal screaming all the way as we take off. And again, the captain looks back at me now with this grin on his face and says, Nice job, nice job. kid. <laughs> so I had a recent trip to Nigeria, and that is not a popular trip um, for a number of reasons. There's a It's dangerous there. They tell us not to leave the hotel. Uh, we have armed guards at escort our van. And uh, the main reason it's not that popular is because of malaria, uh, mosquitoes and the threat of malaria. And (laughs) I just did that trip. And there was a girl who told me that she likes the trip now. And there are a lot of people that do like the trip because it's worth a lot of time. And she said the first time she got it, though, she was so afraid of the mosquitoes that she went out and got those, um, their new off fans where you know that's got a smelly thing in it and you turn it on and you clip it on and she said I got I got four of them and I wore pants and when I was getting off the plane you know to get out to go to the van I put like two on each hip in the front and two in the back <laughs> she was like <laughs> and I was just kind of like the orkin man <laughs> or in an outbreak but she said she likes the trip now and then she was telling me that they she does the trip all the time and one day they had someone sick out so we have people that sit standby and they had the standby come in and the standby was so upset about getting this trip <laughs> and she was so afraid of the trip that they're doing their briefing you know it's where we sign up for positions we introduce ourselves and all that and they keep hearing <laughs> briefing went on she was like <laughs> she's like sobbing <laughs> apparently it got so bad that they contacted a supervisor and they ended up getting somebody else for the trip because she was just like she was a mess <laughs> so i i since i travel a lot and i go to a lot of places where there is a threat of malaria i personally have a lot of bug paraphernalia i have i mean multi-levels of protection. I do the Avon Skin So Soft. I have these patches that I get on the internet um, called Don't Bite Me. They're like transdermal patches. They last for like three days, kind of like a smoking nicotine patch, but it actually is B vitamins that apparently bugs don't like. I have these patches that, uh, you, you know, give off a citronella scent. I've got, of course, I've got natural bug sprays. You know, I've got like... <laughs> I have just a ridiculous amount of bug paraphernalia. And whenever I say that, people, they, they look at me funny. Yeah, a lot of times coming back from Africa, there's a lot of medical emergencies. Yeah. And uh, one particular night, um, a lady like passed out and we called for a doctor. And a guy came up and uh, he said he was a doctor. And he took some water and he started sprinkling it on, <laughs> sprinkling it on her. And we said, um, "Sir, are you a medical doctor?" <laughs> and he's like a medicine man of the of the uh, village, oh, oh, I see. so he wasn't like really, a a, yeah, he wasn't really a, a doctor, doctor. So we had to uh, guy, we had to pull him back and go get a real doctor. <laughs> but the funny part was the girl was responding to it. She was moving like this, she was throwing responding. water. Yeah, yeah. 
that. So now we have to check with credentials when we we do it all the time. But you know, sometimes in the heat of the moment, he did a moment you don't have any time. But someone started throwing water. He said, "Wait a minute, something's not right here." I know you're a doctor or which doctor? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, as flight crew, lots of times we don't have to um, have all of our liquids separated or in small containers, but there's some countries, say like England, um, Sydney, Australia, where we have the, we have to adhere to the exact same rules that you do when you're going through security. So we have to put everything in little containers and lots of times you can get uh, confused because a lot of the little containers look alike. Now, a good friend of mine told me this story, but... I don't know if they would want to tell it, <laughs> but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, it's a good friend, and he went into the bathroom and came out with a strange look on his face, and a girl he was flying with, who he's friends with, said, um, what's wrong? And uh, he's like, well, you know how everybody puts uh, preparation H on their eyes so they're not um, swollen? And she's like, um, no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, so he just got a firm crew res. So he's like, it takes the swelling down. And I, I mistakenly thought it was my toothpaste. So I just brushed my teeth with preparation H. And she's like, you did what? <laughs> and she's like, what did, what, what did that taste like? What, you know, what? And he's like, well, my mouth is kind of numb. We're talking about having to wait for rooms and at the uh, Zurich Intercontinental years ago on the old 1011 when we were sitting there waiting, we already had been waiting a while, the engineer said, you want to watch my bags? I'm going to go across the street to the grocery store. And I said, sure. Came back a few minutes and later and he handed me the typical in the park brown paper bag which was right. small but very tall. And yeah. He said, you wanted to get up in a couple hours to go do some sightseeing, right? And I go, yeah. And he says, well, here's the deal. When you're setting up your room and putting your stuff away, you drink this. It serves two purposes. One, you're going to fall asleep right away, and then you're going to have to get up and take a piss in about two hours. <laughs> it's your alarm. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> it worked. So in the last episode, I was talking about going to this dinner party in Paris. So I went. I went to Jim Haynes' party. He's been, I learned a lot more about it, obviously, because I was there. He's been doing this party for strangers for 35 years. 35 years. There were like over 80 people there. I had to get on a waiting list to get <laughs> to see if I could come to his house for dinner. And uh, it's a small house and you sort of spill out into the garden. And, uh, you know, he, he was um, he was a real character. You know, he he kind of scruffy, long hair, kind of kind of like a throwback to the 60s. And um, I did record uh, next. I'll go ahead and give you a little recording of one of his neighbors talking about him. But one of the things that I was thinking about is that, you know, it's so opposite of our world today to invite strangers into your house. You know, like we text and email and we basically put firewalls and security systems up to, to shield us <laughs> from strangers. You know, and here is the exact opposite. It's somebody opening their house to anyone. Um, it's refreshing and it's sort of lovely. And when I emailed him originally to see if I could come to his house for dinner, it was like a Monday, and he, he wrote me back and said, um, I'm going to the theater on Thursday. Would you like to come? I'm putting a group together and 
uh, you know, he's never met me and, and he's inviting me to the theater. Now, granted, I wasn't, I was going to be in the States, you know, I only have, you know, 30 hours in Paris, so I wasn't going to be there. I didn't get to go to the theater, but I thought, wow, you know, what, what an inviting person just to, you know, after one email say, you know, do you want to go to the theater? I mean, really, maybe there's a lesson to be learned from Jim Haynes and his Sunday dinners. Apparently, it's been in uh, on NPR and it's been in the New York Times. I saw it in the Chicago Tribune. And there, there's, there's something maybe missing in our lives that we are so closed off. And maybe we all need to be a little more inviting. I'll tell you, here, here, is my, here is my real evaluation of Jim. Jim is the only person I know that people criticize for being too good because he's too trusting, too generous, hurts himself by being this way. But people just feel that, oh, this is, but Jim is happy. I mean, when he's sitting on that throne in there, <laughs> that, that's the happiest time of the week for him. That wonderful. Right, it is. It's great. He deserves it. Why well, he is, and you could never know how many people have had good outcomes from just meeting at these dinners. I mean, it's impossible to know. But oh yeah, I mean, this is a place. He's a facilitator. I mean, he brings people together. That's his real function. Know these people's names. And I read, then I read in an interview that he'd had with somebody, he said, well, I sit down and really go over them before, before the dinner, you know, and I sort of, I, I, I do my best to kind of memorize them. So when people come, it's like I already know them, you know, and I can say, hello, John, hello, Bill, hello, Frank, uh, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, so he's, and, but he's got some trick, you know, it's, well, it's, yeah, there's some device Ministers often have something like this, so they know everybody in the in the congregation by first name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Flying. What well, can I say? The St. Louis Cardinals. Sure. Okay. Back to St. Louis after a, a baseball game. So they were arriving early in the morning, two two thirty in the morning. Thunderstorms everywhere, and as they were on approach coming down on final, he didn't expect to get through this weather, but he was going to give it a shot and. Just when he realized that they weren't going to make it and they were going to have to go around and he had power to go around, the cockpit door flew open and then the airplane system announced, wind shear, wind shear. And under full power, he looks over his shoulder at all these professional athletes, white <laughs> as ghosts, just shivering. So. I couldn't remember if I told this story or not, but now I have my own condo. And one of the things that's really excited about the condo is that I have my own washer and dryer. I know that's a small thing. I know that um, most people have a washer and dryer. But after using quarters for your wash for, jeez, you know, 15 years, <laughs> having a washer and dryer is exciting. And I realized one of the times when I kind of was getting the the hint that, you know, I was going to have to make a change um, was my apartment where I had to use the coin-operated washer and dryer. There was one washer and one dryer, and there are 10 units in the building. And a lot of those uh, people had kids. So, I mean, it was hard, to, you know, to get in there to use the washer and dryer. I still have dreams about that. You know, I go in there and there's all these people waiting. to You know, you just can't do your wash. But one of the times that I realized that this was really getting um, 
sad is that I was in, I think I was in Hawaii on a layover and my underwear, there was just something. I was like, what is wrong with these underwear? They just, there's something weird. What's something feels funny. And then I realized there were garters on them. Garters. They, I don't, I don't have underwear with garters. I, I'm not that type. And uh, I was wearing somebody else's underwear from the apartment building. Now, granted, they were clean because they must have somehow got in, you know, they were left in the washing machine or the dryer and, you know, ended up in my laundry. But I thought, okay, this is a sign. This, this is a pathetic sign that you need to have your own washer and dryer when you realize you're wearing one of your neighbor's underwear. Okay, so you worked at a, did you call it a complaint desk? Yeah, the customer, consumer affairs desk. And it was a story, one guy called in and said that um, the flight attendant, um, he think the flight attendant poisoned him. I go, why, what makes you think that? Did you know her or, I mean, what, why would she poison you? Well, after I ate what I ate, I, I felt real sick and um, I think she had to poison me. Yeah, I put him on hold and told my neighbors and came back to him. Well, sir, this is what we can do. Um, we'll give you a $25 coupon. You can use some future travel. <laughs> and that was it, basically. What do you think that she poisoned him with? Like, we just carry stuff just in our, in our carry-on bag, just in case? I have a decided idea. We had so many quacks call up there with different stories. And um, it was, I had to put him on hold just to think about what I was going to do with him. Maybe a little rat poison? No, no. He, I figured. I figured. I just figured he ate something right. that didn't agree with right. him, and he just wanted to get something for right. nothing. And he called up, and up, he stuck with his story. So I was uh, when I did that recent um, Africa trip. There was a guy saying, "Oh, you know, I need to get to Paris because I need to buy these um, over-the-counter sleeping pills they have there." And I was like, "Oh, really?" It's funny. My ears perk up because as a as a airline employee you know we're always going to strange time zones and there's times where you wake up in the middle of the night because you're it's the wrong time and you're it's like two in the morning and you know if you don't go to sleep until pickup then you're going to be exhausted by the time you fly back to the United States or whatever so it's always good to have something you know just in case you can't sleep and something that's over the counter you know is more likely to be non-addictive and things like that so I was asking the guy oh um what's it called and he's like I'll tell you what I'll, I'll get you the box so you can take it in take it into any pharmacy and uh, he said I think it works good and there's no side effects and I was like woohoo yay and then you know you get busy and I never got the box from him and I didn't even remember the name of the stuff he was talking about so I'm in Paris and I walk into this pharmacy and I'm thinking they're gonna think I'm so stupid going oh um, I say, uh, I I'm looking for um, these sleeping pills. They're over the counter, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what they're called. I don't know. Um, she's like, well, are they, you mean natural? I'm like, I don't know if they're natural or not natural. And she goes, do you work for the airline? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She goes, here, this is what you want. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's any random pharmacy in Paris. <laughs> And I guess we also have a look. She's like, do you work for the airline? In English, she says this. Here, this is what you want. And it was only like, you know, two euros. It's great. But it is funny. I guess we have a, a sleep-deprived reputation. So I was saying how excited I was about my new theme song. But, you know, the podcast has been making a little money now. And it never really did make money. Um, 
So I'm so thankful to you guys for going to my website. I have I have regular Amazon links right on the front page. And now I have international Amazon links on a tab that says Amazon links. So if, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, it doesn't cost you any more. But if you click through my website, I get a little percentage. And it actually gives me a little more... Um, energy to put into the show. I mean, I actually have been working on some other projects. I think I'm going to do some longer versions, um, sort of like audio books, not really an audio book, but um, or sometimes they're called albums. But I'm going to do like a best of Betty. um, Because some people have been asking for that, like a CD, because some people store an into the podcast, or I might put it on Audible as a download, Uh, probably have that ready Uh, The next episode, I'll tell you if it's ready. But, you know, I'm actually going to be doing some more things. I I really feel more more energized because of the goodwill that you guys are going through my site when you're going to buy something on Amazon. Oh, and one of the funny things about the Amazon link is that, you know, I had the Amazon link on the website forever, and it didn't ever do anything until I started asking you guys to go to my site bettingthesky.com if you were going to go to Amazon. And it was one of those lessons, you know, you're supposed to learn in high school or uh, kindergarten, probably. (laughs) You know, if you want something, you have to ask for it. And so I don't want to be greedy, but it doesn't cost you anything. But if you have the time, if you have a second, um, if you could rate or review the podcast on iTunes, since there are so many celebrities and people out there having podcasts now, it really helps on the charts and things. And what really helps and I kind of hate to ask this, but if you have an Amazon account and if you have a second, you know, even if you haven't read the book, if you could do a little review on there, that really, there's some weird algorithm that has to do with not necessarily sales, but how many people review things. Um, So if you have a chance, you know, don't feel like you have to, but if you have a chance and you don't mind, uh, any reviews would be helpful. Thanks. Wait a minute, I never heard that term before. Coast in cocktails? Coast in cocktails? Never heard that? Never heard of it. I'm getting all shy because there's like this microphone. <laughs> um, but then I realized it just might be true because when I was a young engineer on the 7-2, we're kind of like the liaison between the cockpit crew and the girls in back doing their stuff. You know, you want to, you know, you're kind of the guy who gets stuff for them. And I knew this one girl working back there. So I had enough of a relationship with her, I was going to try and sneak back there and scare her. And they had that curtain around the galley back there. So without announcing myself, I'm just going to rip open that curtain and goose her or something, you know, make her scream in front of, you know, in front of the pastors. So I ripped that curtain over and she's got a, she's staring at me like this, and, you know, and she's got a Bailey's uh, Irish cream miniature to her mouth. As I rip open the curtain, I wonder her eyeballs are looking at me. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. Somewhere off in the distance, a wolf howls, you know, and I just slowly <laughs> close the curtain and go back to my little perch up there in the uh, yeah. 72 cockpit. Get my mouth shut. Yeah, Dave, those days have changed, haven't they? Yeah, I didn't see her working a lot after that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if she found a more uh, a job working at a bar or something where she could drink at work. But Coast in Cocktails. Oh, I know I didn't make that up. I so on uh, on one of my trips, a couple of trips back, there was a flight attendant, and um, you know we were just talking. Never met her before, just small talk, and uh, we were getting onto things. And I sort of was saying, "Well, I, I do, you know, I have a couple other little jobs," and um, that's what I sort of call the podcast. Some other little jobs, you know, some other hobbies. And uh, most of the time, people don't ask about it or whatever. Or maybe somebody does, and I sort of said, "Oh, you know, I I do a podcast, and you know, I." I wrote a book and uh, she's like, you wrote a book? And I was like, yeah. And I kind of was like, I, you know, uh, 
And uh, she's like, well, what's it called? And I'm like, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you've never heard of it. It's called Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. And she was like, oh, I have that book. And I, I, I was like, what? Actually, she was the first person that I met, uh, a stranger who had purchased my book without ever hearing the podcast, without ever knowing me. And she's like, oh, I have it. And my daughter, my daughter loves that book. And I, and I, uh, I was just sort of dumbfounded. And she, she was saying, you know, different parts of the book that she liked. And, and uh, I, I, <laughs> here, she, <laughs> It's so funny because she was like impressed to meet me because I had written a book that she purchased and I was impressed that somebody that I didn't know or didn't know me or hadn't heard me bought my book. Now, here's a little clip from one of my favorite podcasts, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. You can find it in iTunes. And I like when they do, you know, airline material. Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Simon, good news for travelers. Thanks to a ruling last week, you are now free to do what when you're passing through airport security? Well, I just had to do that, so I, and I still had to take off my shoes. And yes. I lost uh, both uh, my uh, mouthwash and my cleansing milk. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Cleansing milk? Your what? My cleansing milk. What? It is, is cleansing milk? Well, it's, a sort of, it's like a sort of face wash. The point is, let's get back to this quiz. All right. Because we have to win points, right? We do, absolutely. That's yes, the, absolutely. It's the American way. To stay in the country, you have to win points. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So the question, what can you, what can, what is, can you what do? Can, thanks to a court decision this week, we yes. now have the freedom to do what when we go through TSA without fear of prosecution? Dance? No. <laughs> Although you should try that, see what happens. Sing? Is it well, you said you take off your shoes, right? Why yeah. stop there? Oh, gosh. You can, can, you can take off your socks if you want. Oh, <laughs> keep going, Simon. But you can take off your trousers. Indeed, and? Or your underwear. And? Well, why, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Is this a seduction? <laughs> so, um, I don't, I mean, what, just you can take off all your clothes Yes, if you, you want. can be naked. But this what? is what happened. This is what happened. Back in April, a bearded Oregonian named John Brennan was trying to catch a flight out of the Portland airport, and he got so fed up with being checked and rechecked by TSA agents that he just pulled off all of his clothes standing right there in the middle of the airport and yelled, See? <laughs> he did this, and the nation did see, and the nation averted its eyes. Now, he was arrested for indecent exposure, but this week he was acquitted because in Oregon, indecent exposure applies only when you take off your clothes in public, quote, with the intent of arousing sexual desire. Oh, my god! Wow. And, w and one look at the photos of Brennan. So each state has a, has a different set of uh, laws in America. So That's how you, we do that. When you, when you travel, yes. do you, do you, is there a booklet? What, what? <laughs> they give you when you get there? That would be a good idea. You would be wise to check before you take off your clothes at the airport. That's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time. And I'm going to ask you, even though I told you about the light bulb thief pilot, uh, don't don't start doing that. <laughs> don't start taking your used light bulbs to hotels to steal their good ones because uh, I just think that's bad karma. So anyway, hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. Thanks. Bye. 
things. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too. You know, I never seen a better stoo. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.